Welcome to D Hall and Dragons, a real play D&D podcast about a group of high school students who get sucked into a world of fantasy and magic and have to set out on a quest to find their way home, but not before they find themselves along the way. My name is Riley Wesson. I'm this campaign's dungeon master, and I'm joined by my friends, my players, and my gardeners. Hey, guys. You you made it through the hedge maze, barely. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, we did. Is that considered gardening? We only got trampled by a watermelon. Yeah, trampled by a watermelon and attacked by some sprites, you know. I'm still I'm still mad about that. <laughs> it, it actively upsets me. It was truly just the greatest joy for me to sit there and watch you guys try and figure it out. So mad. The fireball one I'm not mad about because that one that was, was difficult. Kind of I think that was a genuine yeah. effort. I I, yeah. I think we were yeah. pretty close. That was a good guess. I will say the snickerdoodle riddle was definitely the toughest one. When I beta tested it with other friends, snickerdoodle was the only one that other people. Wait a minute. You have other friends. I know it's a real surprise, <laughs> but I'm trying to branch out this year. It's not allowed. I'm doing my best. Wow. I know it's really brave of me. We're not good enough for you. No, it's not that. It's I'm not good enough for myself. Oh, <laughs> the rare self burn. <laughs> rare. Yeah, that's true. It's actually the very common. Uh, it's a very common self burn. Well, hi, I'm Brandon Lindsay, and I play Cecil McNamara. And uh, our question today is gonna gonna take us on a little bit of a a road trip back through things that have happened thus far in the Ooh. campaign. What decision or interaction would your character change if they could? Ooh, that's very good. Oh, wow. Cecil really did not trust his guns on uh trust his guns, stick to his guns, and trust his gut. There you um, go. About. The hand, whenever they first met the hand, uh, he was analyzing the contract. He knew something was up. I, I, I think he just was kind of uncomfortable. I mean, obviously, he was uncomfortable. But I, yeah, I think everything that's happened thus far, uh, I think that's the thing that kind of eats him up the most. And I think he wishes that he could go back and, I don't know, the, divine something else about the contract or, yeah, uh I will say part of that is on me as an inexperienced DM at the time, kind of heavy handedly oh, forcing you guys into signing that. Sure. But, you know, I, I can feel that for sure. Hi, uh, my name is Andy Deinhart. I am the voice of Victoria Hightower. I think it's probably just the most obvious choice to go with, but running away from the guys obviously caught a lot of flack. Uh, for showing that level of emotion and getting carried away with her base instincts. Um, even though that's totally human, maybe could have been expressed a little bit better. I'll say I love that from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, it was such I did a fun too. introduction to that arc Same. with like yeah. that kind of conflict and then also like you guys getting into the theater because of that. I thought was a very fun way to to go about things. But I could definitely see from a character standpoint regretting yeah. <laughs> that decision. <laughs> and it made things just rocky again between the group because they were slowly getting They were getting into a bit too norm. chummy. They were getting a bit too chummy yeah, for such know, for so early so just, on in the campaign. You know, I needed to throw that in there. Um all right. My name's Danielle Grisco and I play Brian Tolkien um for the sake of this podcast. And uh the the decision that Brian regrets is um taking the pills that Victoria gave him in the um <laughs> We'd all forgot. Oh, never forget. 
Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally lied about that. It was just ibuprofen. I was reflecting on that after last episode, too, where we were talking about like <laughs> drugs and what we were going to do. Victoria was like, oh, I have a solution. And you just handed me a bag of white powder. And Brian 100% <laughs> was like, wait a minute, I've done this before. The last time you handed me drugs, it did not go that well. It did not go well. The walls were melting and there were runes everywhere. <laughs> awful and my name is riley west and i'm this campaign dungeon master and as the dungeon master there's so many decisions that i made that i'm like i probably shouldn't have i should have uh <laughs> not forced things and gone along with choices that were made um <laughs> first thing that comes to mind because it was recent was counterspelling victoria's dimension door uh one because Thank victoria you. because andy was legitimately <laughs> upset but i will say the npcs did have counterspell they so, shouldn't have. Um, okay, back <laughs> off. Calm down. <laughs> it's um, overpowered. Oh my Why God. did we open this door again? Why did we do this? <laughs> I couldn't at that time foresee a way to somehow run the arc with like the party split between two planes or like even if they didn't go to the cafeteria because in my mind, I'm like, this is the entire setup that I have for this arc. But I would have given some more indication as to reminding you guys that there was an agent of the hand in Boomerfield uh, because you guys completely forgot about that and then when Ratness betrayed you you were like what the fuck or, how, or, why, or, how, how fucking dare she hear me out characters hear me out because we figured it out and it was awesome why don't we just go back and not make Ratness betray us at all I mean I think <laughs> like that because there's no drama in that and um no there's no heartbreak in that Riley and sometimes <laughs> if you're gonna call us your friends and players the friends has to come into account sometimes <laughs> So, last session on D Hall and Dragons, the students came face to face with the Queen of the Sweet Court, who was not quite what they expected. Without her short bow of sweet, Ariel was essentially a lackadaisical teenager without a care in the world. But with a disguise of more natural means and a nifty use of lesser restoration, Cecil was able to turn on the charisma and break Ariel out of her stupor temporarily to learn that a hooded figure had been spotted in the throne room the day the short bow was stolen. Then, Victoria, with the help of some memories of her younger days, channeled her inner valley girl and got on the queen's level, learning from the slothful sovereign that she keeps a secret path that can take anyone straight to the spicy court castle on account of her close relationship with her brother Puck, who she did warn could be a little bit unpredictable at times. With that information in tow, the gang went to separate rooms for the evening and had a fitful rest, to say the least. The next morning, they met with Hopscotch down in the garden, a small frog person who gave them clues to pass through the maze of hedges most of which were solved without much problem. Upon reaching the end of the garden, the students found what appeared to be an abandoned kitchen, but upon further inspection, found a portal hidden inside of an oven leading to a vast desert bathed in sunset. After passing through, they spotted a nearby compound of tents, and upon approach, were greeted by none other than the king himself, Puck of the Spicy Court, who invited them in for a taco dinner. However, after passing through the tents, the students found themselves in a coliseum, being greeted by five drakes crawling out of plant thickets from the edges of the arena, and saw Puck and his rabbit people guards watching from the stands, claiming it's time to make some salsa. And that's where we are now. Everybody roll initiative. Yes, let's go. This is a six. Shit, for real? Same. Oh, wow. Oh, this is perfect. Do we have to roll off? <laughs> no, this gives me the perfect chance to uh, implement a new homebrew idea that I had. Ooh. Not that I had, that I'm 
borrowing. Are you going to make us collaborate? Cecil, what did you roll? Uh, natural 20. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. What the fuck? Brandon, you are truly the golden boy of D&D, and I yeah. fucking hate it. <laughs> Let me roll for Karlik. Wow, this is legitimately perfect. Karlik rolls an 18 for a total of a 20. So on the most recent episode of uh, Not Another D&D Podcast, they had a bit of an episode where they basically did like reviewing homebrew ideas from people. And one of the ideas was the idea of sharing initiative. Uh, So if you roll on the same or like within one or two of the same initiative order as another player, you can basically share your turn. So it can provide some chances for like, if you want to collaborate on a move, uh, if you want to like try and mix a spell or like some kind of action that you want to take, uh, you can. So in this case, uh, Cecil, you will be sharing initiative with Karlik and Victoria and Brian will be sharing initiative at uh, Ooh, six. That's kind of fun. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> uh, so I also will kind of explain this Coliseum setup. Uh, so again, you are in this sort of uh, this giant arena that's about 100 feet in diameter. And these plant thickets are at five points around you guys. So essentially picture if the arena was like a hexagon, you entered at like the bottom point, And then there's a plant thicket at each of the other five points in the hexagon. And it is covered with this cayenne pepper dirt as the sun sets overhead. And you also see that in the very middle, there's like a big pit. And it's probably from what you can tell at this distance, like maybe a 10 foot diameter. And you look across and you see, starting from your left in a clockwise fashion, you see this white drake comes out from one of the thickets on your left. From the next thicket, there's this dark emerald green drake. Uh, the thicket directly opposite of you, there's this black drake that is slithered out. Uh, the one next to that is this kind of like lighter green drake um, that makes its way out of the plants. And then on your right, immediately on your right, there's this bright red drake that hops out of the thicket. With that, Cecil, uh, you are the top of the round. You and Karlik. Um I'm a tiny little weasel. Uh, yes, yeah. you are. Yes, oh, Cecil no. is still a weasel. <laughs> Hidden. Um, so they didn't see you, but they saw okay. like the group, the group. entering. Yeah. But yes, okay, they didn't okay, take notice of the small weasel that followed in. Okay, I'm going to kind of hang back and let Karlik take the lead because we're sharing initiative. So I'm going to watch what Karlik does, and I'm going to base my move off of what Karlik does. Okay. Karlik is, he's kind of curious about that pit in the center. He's kind of worried. He, he looks at the two other humanoids right now. He's like, uh, I don't know. There might be something else in that pit. So I'm, I'm going to go check that out. Oh my God. Be careful. I'll try. Uh, he's going to run forward. Uh, and I'll say with a dash action, he can get to the middle. Um, and he looks into the pit and he turns around and shouts to you guys. Um, it's like stone. But it doesn't look like there's anything in here. What are we supposed to make this salsa out of? <laughs> Cecil, is there anything you want to do? I am going to just continue sneaking, trying to get to the opposite side of the room as far as I can. So I've got 30 feet of movement as a tiny little weasel, and I'm going to try and hop along and get to like the next little shrub, little little bunch of shrubs as stealthily as possible. Okay, so you want to go to the next kind of thicket? Yeah. So do you want to go to the left or the right? To the left. Okay. So roll me a stealth check. And I'll say with advantage, because you entered with the natural 20. Awesome. Thank 
the Lord. So that is, uh, <laughs> it was a two. Now it's a 15 plus five for a 20, uh, 20 total. All right. I'll say in that case, you sneak into the shrubbery behind this drake. Yeah. And I'm going to just try and like assess what else is in here. How big is this sh- shrubbery? Is it like a, like they each are about 10 feet in diameter Okay, in these five different spots. And as you enter, roll me a nature check. Uh, 16. 16. Uh, yeah, you crawl your way in, and as you're peeking around, uh, you kind of, in your small weasel form, bonk your head on this white bulb in front of you, and you see, uh, there's an onion sitting right in front of your face. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. You realize that this thicket that you were in is currently growing onions. I think to myself, are we really making salsa right now? Um, that's really all I can do. Uh, how far away is the closest drake from me? It's like right on the other side of the thicket right now. Okay, so it's like it's like 10 feet away. Maybe five feet if you're in like the center of this thicket right now. Uh, but it has not noticed you. Or I, okay. it will roll a perception check, but we'll see. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to just kind of hunker down and try and assess the situation and, and be reactive at this point. No, no one's fighting at the moment, so I'm just going to kind of huddle up next to this onion. Cool. Um, and I'm going to say Karlik will use his bonus action because he's still missing a little bit of health. He's just going to cast a healing word on himself. Okay. And that is going to take us to the Drake's turn. Uh, so first, I'm going to roll a perception check for the Drake that's that you crawled into the thicket of, Cecil. Um, it's got a plus five to perception, but it only rolls a 12. So it does not notice the tiny little weasel crawling in behind it. Yeah, it'd be a little snack for that guy. <laughs> I'm going to say with a 12, it's not quite curious enough about Karlik to approach him. Uh, but I'm going to roll for the other drakes. They all go before us? Yes, they all oh, just have the same initiative because it makes <laughs> things easier. Uh. The emerald green drake seems to be just observing. The black drake across is eyeing Karlik as is the dark green drake. But the red drake on your right seems very nervous regarding Karlik, and it's going to dive into the sand, uh, and it starts burrowing through, but you guys don't see it move. Don't? It ducks into the sand and just disappears, and it appears right behind Karlik and is going to make three attacks. (gasps) Uh, so the first attack, it's going to try and bite Karlik, but it misses, and it takes two more attacks with its claws. One claw hits, and the second claw misses. Karlik only takes six damage uh, as this thing leaps up behind it, and and then it dives back into the sand, and you guys lose sight of it. That brings us to Brian and Victoria's turn. Uh, what would you guys like to do? Can I roll... You can tell me no, but can I roll a perception check to see where that red drake went? You can try. <laughs> 16? 16. Uh, you do not see it. Great. You're trying to like put your hand against, or like your ear against the ground and you're like trying to listen Tremor in. sense. <laughs> Tremor sense, yeah. Uh, hands outstretched. Victoria looks up at Puck, who is like at the top of this circus ring, right? He gives you a little wave. <laughs> Salsa, right? Cool. How do we need to make the salsa? Um, make me a persuasion check. Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't notice what Cecil noticed. Yeah, you don't know what the thickets are. <laughs> Granted, I know what's in the first thicket, and I still don't know how to do. Fourteen. He looks down at you and goes, 
What, you never made salsa before? I buy it at a store. Oh, no, you can't get the store-bought stuff. It's the homemade stuff that really makes it pop, all Okay, right? cool. Well, then where are the ingredients? <laughs> That's for you to find out. How fuck you! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's gonna, in preparatory protection of sorts, she's gonna reach her hands out towards the red, light green, and black drake. And she's the going to disappear. The red, you, you oh, cannot see the red. The okay, red. Okay, then the two greens and the black. I'm going to reach out my hand and cast Bane at third level. Okay, what is the range of Bane? 30 feet. Okay, uh, the green drakes are probably about 60 feet away from you. The black drake is 100 feet. Uh, so I'd have to be like dead center to possibly get them or. To be able to hit all three. Yeah. Where can I get so that I can get two? If you move up to where Karlik is. Or, or like halfway to where Karlik is, you can probably get the two green ones. Okay, okay, I'll do that. I'll do second level Bane. Uh, Charisma of 14. 14. They both fail. Awesome. You cast this and they both kind of like flinch and retreat a little bit into their thickets, but their head's still kind of poking out and kind of their beady little eyes are squinting at you. All right, and then she'll just look back at Brian and be like, cool, your turn. I have an idea, but I'm just a little weasel. Maybe help us out, Cecil. <laughs> just a little, a little weasel with ideas in a bush. Just a big-brained weasel. Just a big-brained weasel with a bunch of ideas for how this world could be. Also, Victoria, what did you say that was a second-level bane? Yes, it was. Okay, could you roll a magic surge for me? Nineteen. Cool. You're good. Okay, Brian runs up to where Victoria is and says, "Well, when in Rome." Make things spicy and cast burning hands at the two drakes that are that are banged. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, here we go. Okay, so uh what do they need to roll? Dex thirteen. Dex thirteen. One of them rolled a twenty-three, so Bane's not gonna do ah. anything, but the other one rolled a fourteen. But with the Bane, it's a subtraction of one D4, so whatever yes. they roll, they're gonna fail. That's a twelve damage. Okay. You swing your apprentice's staff and this flame erupts from it. But you see that the emerald green drake kind of resists the damage because it was able to pass. But you see that the dark green drake also seems to resist this damage as well. And is that the end of your turn? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, that brings us back up to Cecil and Karlik. Okay. Real quick, the white drake in front of me, like, am I able to gauge its intent. Roll me an insight check. Sure. Because it just watched two of its comrades get buzzed. That's an 18. Okay. You see it doesn't really seem worried about the other drakes. Um, These seem to be individualistic creatures. And from what you can tell, with it staying close to this thicket, it seems to be a bit more worried about protecting whatever is in here than it does about defending these other drakes. Okay, um, alright, here we go. I'm going to, bonus action, come out of weasel form right in front of this, uh, onion. How big is the onion? Is it, like, like a regular-sized onion, or is it... Yeah, it was, a, you bonked your head because you were a weasel, but it's just, like, oh, a regular-sized okay, onion. Sure. In that case, I am going to take my staff, and, uh, I'm going to slam it on the ground, and I am going to cast Summon Beast. Ooh, okay. As I slam it on the ground, reaching out of this uh, little thicket is um, a, like, 
bark-covered elemental creature that kind of pulls itself out. It's got like the snout of a bear, but it's got these antlers of a deer that kind of like stretch out um, as it pulls itself out. Um, it's got this really big barrel-chested uh, appearance. It's its hind legs are like thick tree trunks, and as it appears, uh, I'm going to and I'm going to kind of command it on its first go to just like tackle the white drake that's right in front of me just full-on <laughs> linebacker tackle as it pulls itself out of the ground i'm just gonna try and get it to tackle it and basically roll away from the thicket okay cool uh roll me a contested uh strength check absolutely and yeah for purposes uh this is a land spirit a land bestial spirit Ooh, very cool and you are casting this from the staff, so there's no wild magic surge attached. Uh, actually, this is not from the staff. This that was, that was just for flavor, so I will roll. Uh, okay, for that as well. Um, Hell yeah, that's a natural one for that. Hey, so starting off strong. Fifteen for wild magic. A fifteen but, for wild magic, and then I draw my strength check as well. So it's a, a natural sixteen for the strength check plus four for the bestial spirit. So that's a, a twenty. Okay, so just to review, you rolled a natural one for the adolescent magic surge. Yes. And then you rolled a 15 for that. 16 plus 4 from its own stats. So it rolled a 20 no. for its... Okay, what was... Did you roll the D100 yet? Yeah, it was a, a, a 15 on the D100. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you... Jesus. Wait, but he cast so, it from the staff, so is it... No, no, the, he didn't, didn't cast, cast it from oh. the staff. That was just, oh. it, it was for flavor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. So we're gonna scratch you. Hold on, scratch this, scratch this out. Scratch this out. Okay, okay. As a nat one on the on the wild surge, it was a fifteen. It was a fifteen on 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 the random wild whatever. Magic. Yeah. And then and then a, a sixteen a for the bestial track. spirit, plus four from its strength modifier. So it rolled a twenty on its athletics. Okay. So first off, I'm gonna ask you to roll another thing. Roll me a d4. Okay. Two. Okay. You spin your staff and cast this, not from the staff, but with a flourish of the staff. As the spirit climbs out, you feel this chill run through your body and you look down and you see like these icy gauntlets form on your hand and you cast the armor of Agatha's spell at second level um, oh, as this magic reverberates awesome. oh, so cool. in you. That's so cool. And this land spirit charges forward and absolutely lays out this drake because it rolled a nat one on its drink. <laughs> Um, and it just rolls away, and I'm going to say it rolls like 20 feet away, uh, and it has Great. this thing in a grapple. Wonderful. That's pretty much everything. I'm going to shout out to Karlik. Uh, I got onions for you, man. Get ready. Onions? Okay. All right. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> I just pop them um, in this thicket. Um, yeah. And that, that's, okay. that, that's, that's going to be all I can do, I guess. There's onions in the thickets, guys. Or at least in that thicket. I don't know what's in the other thickets. And he's going to use his action to prepare to catch anything that, that Cecil throws at him. Uh, he's just going to kind of get in a low stance. And you know what? Yeah, he's going to he's gonna use his bonus action and go into rage uh, so he can get advantage Ooh. on any strength checks he needs to make. And so he just like gets real low and just go, just like, <gasps> just gets really ready. Uh, I did the same thing to, in the thicket and we're just yelling at each other. <laughs> it's just a big Dragon Ball Z energy. <laughs> And with that, uh, we come around to the Drake's turns. The white Drake is going to continue to try and break this grapple. So it's going to roll, and it rolls a two on the dice, so it doesn't nice. matter. The emerald green and the light green Drake are going to turn to Victoria. Wow, I mean... <laughs> I 
because you cast Bane on them. I did, but I didn't hurt them. It's actually, yeah. Well, they're gonna they're gonna turn to Victoria and Brian yep. because they both did something to them. They're going to dive into the sand. Then they pop up on the other side of the bowl, and they both look down and open their mouths and <gasps> blow this breath down at you. Uh, and both of you guys need to make uh, two Constitution saving throws. Oh, my God. Uh, Karlik will also make two constitution saving throws. Oh, my God. Karlik just rolled two natural 20s in a row. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not kidding. What a badass. Okay, so I rolled a 12 and a 15. Uh, first one's 17. Second one is 15. Okay, Brian, you pass both of them. Victoria, you fail one of them. Okay. So... Which one did I fail? Light green or emerald? Um, uh, emerald. Yeah. So sure. poison. Just wait. Ooh. Um, the first breath, the full damage is twelve, reduced to six, and the second is the same, twelve and six. The emerald green drake opens its mouth, and you are blasted with this breath, but it almost feels like chili, as you're like blocking it. Some of it gets on your tongue, and you taste. Is is that cilantro? And the lighter green one blares down at you, but it's also like this green breath, but it like kind of gets in your eyes and it stings and you're like covered in jalapeno juice. Nice. As you guys both take this damage. Great. Take um, jalapeno cool. damage. That's severe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the jalapeno breath is fire damage and the cilantro breath is cold damage. I have resistance to cold. Great. Uh, then you just take 12 damage. Awesome. And the black drake across is still just observing, still hunkering down its thicket. And the red drake is going to spring back up behind Karlik and take another set of attacks. The bite misses, which is good because the bite is the worst one to hit. One claw hits and the other claw misses. Ooh, he takes 13 damage, but he is raging. So he has resistance to slashing damage. So he only takes uh, six damage. He's not looking as hardy as he was when he came in. And that will bring us to Victoria and Brian's turns. We still have no idea where that red motherfucker is, right? Uh, no, no, it, it popped just hopped up. back up. And I didn't say it did, so it didn't dive back into the into the ground. Uh, she, after wiping the jalapeno juice out of her eyes, pats Brian on the back and is going to give him advantage on their next ability or attack. Uh, good luck! And then she is going to fucking book it to the nearest bushel. Okay, I would say that is the one that the red drake was in. Cool. She's going for it. I'll say with 30 feet of movement, you can get there. For my action, she's going to cast Long Strider on herself. So I have an extra 10 feet. Cool. And she's just going to power slide over to the bush and start rummaging through it to see if she can find ingredients. Okay, uh, I'll say since you already used your action, roll me a nature check with disadvantage. Okay. Big money, big money, big money. No, a 12. Okay, I'm going to say with a 12, you're like kind of on the edge of the thicket, yeah. so you can't quite find anything that gives you a clue to what's in she's it. just swatting at the bush, essentially. Yeah, exactly. You're just reaching through yeah. leaves and stuff. Uh, and Brian, what would you like to do? All right, Brian is uh, still kind of jaded by the cilantro. Brian has that weird thing where like cilantro tastes like soap. Uh, and so it's very, very familiar because every time it accidentally ends up on a taco that he's eaten, he's like, mm, it's back. Damn so, it. um, <laughs> yeah, so it's so it's deeply frustrating and is kind of starting to put two and two together between what's going on here. And uh, when when Brian was a kid, 
Um, his mom, in an effort to try to learn how to control more things, started a garden in the backyard. And she always became aggressively paranoid when winter came around, even in Texas. Um, so Brian is going to um, centralize Sleet Storm on the bowl in an effort to freeze the drakes. Okay, so I'm going to tell you that's not what Sleet Storm does. I know, but I was hoping you could give it to me for the story aspect of it. <laughs> Which is why all of the backstory happens to begin with. Okay, um, I'm not going to let you do this every time you come up with a fun fine, backstory you don't thing. But, have to. but roll me an arcana check. I'll say fine, with fine, advantage fine, fine. because of Renee's tactics, and I'll see what I can come up with if you roll well. It's a 21. Oh, oh, come on. Suck it, Riley. I'm wa- I watched that happen. I just want to freeze some vegetables. <laughs> okay, so I'll say, usually it can like make creatures go prone. I'll say with your Arcana check, I'm going to have them each make a constitution saving throw. For each one that fails, they will basically be paralyzed their next turn and not able to move or do anything. Nice. Uh, so let me roll... They do have a plus three to their constitution. And they also have Bane on the two Two of them have Bane. Yep. So the Emerald Green is going to roll. Rolls a uh, 19. So it will pass either way. Lighter Green will make a roll. It rolls a six. So it will fail. And then the red one will roll. And it rolls a 21. So the light green one that you now realize is Jalapeno is frozen and paralyzed for its next turn um but the other one the other two will make dexterity saving throws or else they will fall prone the cilantro uh rolls a 15 but it does have bane but it, uh it only rolls a one so it rolls a 14 and passes the red one will roll and it only rolls a nine so it will fall prone so yeah you cast this and this giant cylinder of snow just swirls around in the center of this coliseum and uh yeah you see the jalapeno drake slowly seize up and freezes and the red drake just kind of slips and falls on its back and is there anything else you'd like to do with your turn i'm gonna get to the red drake and um in a bold assumption on brian's part Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take out my bag of citric acid and i'm gonna try and see if I can pour it in the Red Drake's mouth to neutralize um, the any tomato acidity that may be p- possible. Okay. That was bold. That was bold. <laughs> I, loved, I loved the choice. <laughs> I'll say since it's prone, you're able to, but it's just pouring acid into... Great. If, if it was something sweet, maybe it would do something, but you do realize as you get closer that you do see like some juice kind of sliding off of it and you realize that it this is a tomato drake. And uh yeah, you guys hear overhead uh Puck just like calling out to the guards like, "Man, I am I'm really hungry. Like I this taco spread, it's going to be great. Cannot wait for this." Uh that brings us back to Cecil and Carlick. Okay. The thicket that women, are there like trees? Uh, like is there like a tree? Sure. I'll say there is. Thank you, Riley. What are you going to do? I'm going to tap the tree with my staff and I'm going to say, get up, buddy, get off your ass. And the tree's going to follow me as I cast Awaken with my staff. <laughs> you oh fucker. my God. You fucker. This is amazing. I now have Holy an shit. Awakened tree with 73 hit points. Holy 
Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> Just a little weasel with ideas. You Just a little fucker. weasel with ideas. Oh, you son of a oh bitch. So as I'm running, I'm gonna uh, just like... I can't believe how hard I fucked myself right now. (laughs) 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 Break the system. So me and this, me and Trey the tree, we're we're sprinting to the next thicket and we're throwing onions to Karlik. Let's go, let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go. An entish. Okay, uh, I'll roll an athletics check for Karlik to try and catch these. Oh, yeah, he rolls like a 19. Yeah, I'm throwing him as many as I can. He's rapidly peeling these onions and tossing them into this center pit. Um, as we're running to the next thicket, is the thicket still have a, have a drake in front of it or no? No, that was the thicket that the cilantro drake crawled out of. Okay. At the bowl, it looks like things are a little bit chaotic. There are a couple of drakes. Just a little chaotic. <laughs> okay. Instead, I'm, g- I'm going to look at Trey and I'm going to go, I'm just going to point to the cilantro drake and I'm going to go kick his ass. You got- <laughs> It pushes its leaves up on what would be its arms and starts marching over. And then I'm also going to direct my bestial spirit to just start punching the the white drake (laughs) in the face. Okay, roll roll attack rolls for it. Oh, dang it. It's just the one attack. I need to cast that at a higher level. Okay. Yes, because you need more things to order around. Don't we all? I'm sorry, Riley. Jesus Christ. That's a natural 20 for my beast spirit. Of course spirits. it is. You're <laughs> fucking kidding. <laughs> All right, roll for damage. It's the new die that I got. Uh, I'm this not doubting yeah. you. Again, you are the golden boy of D&D. That's going to be 20 points of piercing damage oh. as my bestial spirit has like a thorn for a fist and it's just like... <laughs> Yeah, punching you it see in the it, face. You see it furiously punching this thing, <laughs> and then it kind of starts to cry a little bit because onion juice is getting in its face. <laughs> oh. um, as this gr- this Drake is just grappled on the ground. Feels so bad. <laughs> and do you want Trey to attack this cilantro Drake? Yeah, yeah. Trey's gonna do pretty much the same thing. He's gonna run up and he's gonna try and just like kick it in its face. Um, okay, right. so Trey Trey the tree gets one slam attack. Pick it up and throw him. It's a fourteen to hit. Uh, that's gonna miss. Come on, Trey. Trey runs over and accidentally eats shit, uh, slipping on the ice. He does the, like, cartoon, like, (laughs) like, (laughs) slides and (laughs) that will bring us to Karlik, as he deftly catches these onions and, uh, yeah, he peels them, tosses them in the bowl. Bring me anything that you find in the thickets, I've got an idea! Okay. Yeah, I'll say catching that stuff was a bonus action. He'll run up and, uh, just try and smack the prone tomato drake. Nice. He, he sees Brian trying to shove citric acid into its mouth. He goes, oh, great idea, bro. Uh, and he runs over, brings out his gigantic knife, uh, and just takes two attacks on it. First attack is gonna hit. Second attack is also going to hit. Uh, so Karlik does a big ol' 23 damage he just brings it down, slices the thing's tail off uh, as tomato juice goes everywhere. Uh, and he goes, no, never mind. <laughs> I was going to make a could have had a V8 joke, but he wouldn't know what that is. <laughs> um, and that brings us back to the Drake's turns. Uh, the Onion Drake is going to try and get out of this grapple with this land spirit. Yeah, he's going to try. It's probably going to fail unless you roll terribly as well. That's a 22. 
Yeah, I rolled a six. Uh, so the onion drake is still bam, down. Bam, 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 uh, bam. Yeah, just getting socked in the face. Um, the tomato drake is going to use its movement, or half its movement, to get, to stand up. Uh, and it's going to, yeah, it's going to try and attack Karlik again. Because um, can't really go for Brian. And it just got slashed by Karlik. First attack uh, misses. Second attack, one of its claws is going to hit. Two of its claws is going to hit. Almost got a natural 20, but it did not. So Karlik, after resistance from rage, takes nine damage as this thing slashes right across its back. The uh, jalapeno drake is still paralyzed. The cilantro drake will go. Um, I'm going to roll a perception check and see if it spots Cecil running over to its thicket. Cecil, roll me a stealth check. Now it's come down to earth. That's a three. Ah, yes. Uh, so it does see you. Uh, so it's going to run after you and try and attack you. It will take attack as opportunity from Trey. Yes. Where do you think you're going, buddy? Uh, that is a 21 to hit. That will hit. 15 points of bludgeoning damage as he uh, kicks it hard. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. Thank you. So it's going to take three attacks on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First attack is uh, an 18. Yeah, let's go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, second mm-hmm. attack, mm-hmm. Uh, 13. That will miss. Okay. And the third attack is a uh, 21. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. Um, yeah. As it bites down on you, I need to make a constitution saving throw. Cool. 14. 14. Okay, you just fail. And so as it bites down on you, you take nine damage from the bite, and you also feel... Yeah, this like chill run through your body, but not in the way of the spell that you cast on yourself. You feel this like sluggishness run through your body and your speed is halved. Uh oh. So because of my second level armor of Agathis. Yes. Uh, so it hits you once. So it takes five cold damage, but it that is halved because it is a cold drake. So when you cast a spell using a spell slot second level or higher, both the temporary hit points and the cold damage increase by five for each slot. Oh, never mind. So then it it'll takes take do it, do it, do ten it. divided to five. Yeah. Nice. And I took nine points from the bite, which is yep. nulled. Just barely doesn't break it. So it's the second attack will also deal five damage to it as well. And you take six more damage as this claw slashes at like just the the back of your calf. As you run pot, as you run past. Okay, so one point of that will be nulled, and then I'll take the rest of the five. Okay. Yep. And then I'll back at this shatters. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this thing charges after you and gets like a bite on your arm and slashes across your calf as this armor uh, shatters from these two attacks and splinters all across the the desert cayenne sand. And the black drake is still just kind of observing everything. Still hasn't moved from its spot. Uh, and that brings us to Victoria and Brian. Uh, she's trying to find tomatoes. Okay. Uh, yeah, roll me a nature check. It's not investigation? Uh, I can, it can be investigation. Bless you. Oh, they're the same. Doesn't matter. <laughs> 13. 13. I'll say since you found out about this and since you ter- spent last turn looking, the DC is lowered. Uh, so yeah, you find you find a couple of big old ripe tomatoes uh, as you're scouring through. Uh, she's going to grab those. 
And then mm -hmm. she's going to start booking it to whatever the next plant is, as long as it's not the black drake. That would be the thicket that the jalapeno drake crawled out of. Perfect. She's going to run over there. Cool. Brian, what would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to try and run to the um, second nearest thicket to me. That would be either the jalapeno or the cilantro. I'm going to run towards the cilantro. Cool. You run behind this cilantro drake that just took a hunk out of Cecil. Um, and yeah, you get like right to the edge of this uh, of this thicket. Okay. Um, I'm going to, if I can, um, I don't want to touch any more cilantro than I just got in my face. Um, so I'm going to um, pull out my butterfly net and try and just like <laughs> grab some loose cilantro. Nice. <laughs> and then that. Roll... <laughs> With the greatest of disadvantages. <laughs> oh, come on. You have to pick it. You have to physically pick something off. It's not just loose cilantro. Just handfuls. Shove them in there. That's, it's not like you're at the grocery store just walking around and you walk past the cilantro on the aisle. And you go, oh, I'll just grab a handful of that. It's growing out of the ground. With disadvantage, it's an 11. Yeah, that's not going to be high enough. Um, cilantro so, is hands in there. Come on. You do have inspiration, though, right? I do. Well, then, can I just take the second roll that I did if it's a if it was on disadvantage? Sure, we'll say yeah. We can. You can cancel out that disadvantage. Great. Brandon's laughing because it's a twenty. <laughs> you get the greatest, most gigantic bunch of cilantro you've ever seen in your entire fucking life. Look at this that! Just... Oh my god, it's it's huge. You like you put it down and you like start to tug and it just like. You bring out this gigantic string of cilantro that is attached to your net now. This whole session is just Riley just being like, yeah, for sure. Fine, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the sure. fuck off We've Riley episode. <laughs> it's the get fucked Riley episode. Uh, yeah, and that will bring us to uh, Cecil and Carlick. Yeah, yeah, Trey, I'm going to be like, hey, man, we got to tag team this, this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take my staff and I'm going to spin it. And as I spin it, I'm going to cast Shillelagh. And this giant ring of thorns kind of erupts around it. And as I bring it with a big home run swing, it's a 16 to hit. That just hits. Hell yeah. That's going to be 12 points of magical bludgeoning damage. Yeah, this thing roars in pain as you smack it right across the face. And then you said Trey's going to run up behind and try and... Yeah, Trey's going to run up behind there, and he's literally going to, like, jump up and fully lay out and try and, <laughs> like, gonna, smother this he's thing. Gonna he's going to try gonna, and pile drive this thing. <laughs> off the top rope, baby. That's a 15 to hit. Just misses. You hear Puck from behind go, oh, he's going off the top rope. Oh, and he misses as the Drake rolls out of the way. Yeah, I flip off Puck from below. Guys, the tacos are getting cold, all right? You got to hurry this up. And then, um... Uh, yeah, my bestial spirit uh, is gonna, you know, again, he's... Pummel this drake. <laughs> he's gonna pummel this drake. Oh! Oh! Natural one. Oh. That misses. Doesn't work. Doesn't happen. Wait, how how close is uh, Karlik? Uh, yes. That, yep. <gasps> uh, Karlik is close enough. He's only like 20 feet away from, from the bestial spirit. <laughs> You motherfucker. Oh my god, you're, you're kidding. Absolute you fucker. did not. You are joking right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go confirm. Hang on, so hang on, hang on. Much. I'm gonna go hang confirm. On, I hate you in every sense of the oh word. Moving would be more appropriate god. if I'm being honest. Fuck, that's a natural 20. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. The beast spirit, like, his hands get kind of slippery because there's a lot of onion juice. And and Carl looks like, there's no crying at baseball. And um, he's gonna do. <laughs> 
18 points of piercing damage. All right. This bestial spirit continues to just lay the hurt on this poor Drake. Is this guy still alive? They've got a lot of health. <laughs> I guess they do. Um, bonus action. The the bowl, I'm going to summon my bear spirit totem. Yeah, I'm going to center it directly on Karlik. Uh, and okay. so he is going to get 13 temporary hit points, and he's going to gain advantage on strength checks and saving throws. Ooh, very good. Yeah. Cool. So with that, he's going to see that bear and go, oh, and he's going to drop his rage because now he already has your advantage from the bear. And Karlik is going to hold an action. Uh, he's going to keep his eyes on that thicket that the black drake is guarding. Yeah. He's kind of got hopes that something might be able to happen. Uh, so that will bring us to the drake's turns. He is going to... See, he is going to cast. Yeah, he's just going to cast cure wounds on himself and try and get point. some. Try and try and bring some health back. Um, and not a lot, but you know, could have been worse. Um, let's see. Doo-doo. There we go. Um. And with that, that brings us back up to the Drakes. The white Drake is still trying to get out of this grapple with this land spirit. And uh, what did you roll? That is a 15. Yeah, I rolled another six. Uh, so this Drake <laughs> is just weak as shit, just rolling around on the ground. The cilantro Drake is going to take some cracks at Cecil. First, he's going to try and bite Trey, and then he's going to try and take two claw attacks on Cecil. So for Trey, he's going to miss. For Cecil, he rolls a 14. That misses. And then he rolls a 23. So that will hit. Yeah, yeah, it might. (laughs) Just a bit. Uh, Cecil takes 10 damage as this thing gets another claw in you. And the Black Drake is still just perusing its thicket, watching all of this, but just keeping a wary eye and just very protective of its own thicket at this point. Uh, the jalapeno drake is no longer paralyzed, uh, so it's going to... Let me make a perception check for it. Uh, Victoria, can you roll me a stealth check? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> does a seven work? It does not, unfortunately. Mm. That's um, okay. The jalapeno drake notices Victoria making her way towards its thicket, so it's going to dive into the ground, slither around, and then hop up and take three attacks on Victoria. First attack is a 19. Second attack is a 15. Nope. And the third attack is, oh boy, uh, that is a 26. I think so. Just barely. Um, Yeah. So it's going to take one bite on you, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Well, I have plus two to constitution, but that doesn't really help when you roll a three. No, it really (laughs) doesn't. So for you, you feel like this burning going through your veins and you also have your speed halved and you take 15 damage from the bite, but you only take four damage from the claw as in a similar fashion to Cecil, it takes a hunk out of your arm and then slashes at your calf and the tomato Drake will go for Karlik. That's a one. That's a two. And that's a six, which also misses Karlik. Uh, The tomato Drake misses every single attack as Karlik 
is like laser focused on this thicket and just like dodging just barely out of the way and blocking it. And that brings us to Victoria and Brian. Uh, I'm going to take my um, massive bushel of cilantro um, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, run in the direction of the bowl in Carlic. Cool. Uh, yeah, you run past. I'll say the cilantro dragon is currently engaged with Cecil and Trey, uh, so you're able to slide past them and toss your cilantro into the bowl alongside the uh, the onions that Carlet currently has in there. And uh, w- would you like to do anything else with your turn? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. Uh, you post up by the bowl. Yep. And Victoria, what would you like to do? Toss them um, to me, girl. Toss them to me. <laughs> uh. Would it count as a full action to grab some jalapenos on this bush, or would I be able to do that as, like, bonus action? Uh, if you roll well enough to find jalapenos, I would mm. say you can do it as a bonus action. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get jalapenos first, which is investigation or nature, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, a dirty, dirty 20. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you find Gross. some, you, saw, you find some thick jalapenos Great. sitting in that thicket. Awesome. And make me a perception check. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <gasps> That's She's a got a natural shit 20. Grin on that. 26 total. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> what devil's deal did you make? To get hey this man, that's lucky. the best I've rolled all night. I've Insane. been rolling shit. Joke's on you, Riley. We sold your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Would not be surprised. Victoria, you feel and like almost hear this kind of humming energy. And you look down and you pull out that little potted plant of leaves that you found in the kitchen. She's going to rip off one of the leaves. What what happens? As you rip off the leaf, it scatters into multiple pieces and it starts glowing and it starts to swirl around you and you pop out of existence and you can teleport up to 30 feet uh, in any direction around you. I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the shrub of the black drake. Okay, you're going to appear uh, right in, in the, the thicket of, of that black drake. Yes. Um, as you do make me uh, make me a nature or investigation check. The okay. Shrub of the Black Drake is the sequel to Priory of the Orange Tree. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that joke. Um, 16. All right, that's just enough. You see yes. bulbs of garlic around you right now. Garlic. Great, she's going to swipe one or two, as many as she can. Okay, cool. You pull some of these bulbs of garlic, and as garlic sees you out of the corner of the eye, with like this flash of leaves around you and he sees like them appear again in the thicket, he is going to cast the spell Vortex Warp as the way it works for him is like this just refrigerator appears in front of you and it falls on top of you and as it does, you are warped up to 90 feet uh, in in any range and it dumps you right out in the middle of this bowl. That's iconic. That is your turn, and you now have all of the ingredients there. Yeah, man. Carlic, you said you wanted all these things here. What do you what? Now what? Okay, okay. He reaches into his pack and just starts pulling out a bunch of different like kitchen tools. Nice. Uh, and he's like, everyone grab something. We're gonna try and make this work. Um and Carlic on his turn is going to cast enlarge reduce. 
uh, and he enlarges all of the ingredients that are in the middle of the bowl. Uh, so you guys just have this gigantic bowl filled with multiple huge onions, tomatoes, jalapenos, garlic, and cilantro. And he looks at everyone and goes, guys, we got to blend this shit up. Uh, and he starts it's like smacking it with a spoon and starts trying to stir it around. Um, and everyone that's near the bowl can uh, make, I'll say either an attack roll or a survival check. Um, and if you're all able to make it high enough, you can mix up this salsa. 24? 21. 20, okay. Uh, Karlik rolled a, uh, 23. Uh, so you guys all just furiously start stabbing and mixing up all of these ingredients. Uh, and within like six seconds, it all swirls together. And uh, you see this gigantic bowl of salsa in the middle of the Colosseum, and you hear. And you see Puck applauding you from up on the top of the Colosseum as uh, all of the rabbit guards are also applauding. And Puck says, well done, let's eat. He snaps and the Colosseum walls start to lower and the drakes all look up. And as Puck, like, steps down onto the cayenne pepper dirt, you see all the drakes, like, flinch. Just in the sense of, like, oh, someone incredibly powerful just stepped onto the field. I don't want to deal with this guy. Uh, and they all kind of retreat into their own little thickets. Puck gives a little clap and tables just start appearing along the ground of the Coliseum. You see tent flaps start to roll up and uh, little rabbit guards come out with just like giant platters of tacos and they just start setting the, the, the tables and Puck walks down, takes a chip and just dips into the salsa and takes a bite and goes, yeah, yeah, that's good salsa. You guys, you guys really, you guys did a great job. Nice. Sorry about all that. You know, um, you know, I like to mix things up uh, literally sometimes, you know, with the, the salsa. Okay, obviously you guys didn't. Um, so how's it going? Uh, take a seat. You like to mix things up, huh? She's gonna take out wit's end, and at the bowl, she goes, "How about fire roasted?" And she's gonna cast fireball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You send this gigantic fireball into the middle of I this bowl. I want it to s- just singe his eyebrows and everything. <laughs> Just like um, burn the chip in his hand to a crisp. He like just barely takes a step back, holds out a chip, and a little like dollop of, of fire roasted salsa falls on top. And he goes, "I like your style, kid. I can appreciate a good joke." So you want some food? Uh, there's there's plenty of tacos to go around. And as you're getting like a closer look at him, you see that like he kind of has a bit of a twitch, and his eyes are like kind of bloodshot. And you guys can all give me an insight check. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, now I don't hate him so much. 17. 10. 25. Okay. Victoria, you're still kind of uh, steaming with, uh, yeah. with anger. But Cecil and Brian, you both get the sense that to some extent, this is his personality, but also he is kind of being affected probably in similar ways to Ariel and to Tanya. Point of order. Trey is going to... Uh, I'm going to give him a little fist bump and he's going to go back to his thicket and he's going to revert back into uh, non-sentient tree form. (laughs) Okay. Bye, Trey. Thanks, Trey. He waves a branch at you. So, 
Brian, did you want to take this one or no? I just, I mean, like I was promised taco night. Oh yeah, you're, you're welcome to tacos. There's like it's like an entire taco buffet. Thank God, white people love tacos. It's the Hogwarts Great Hall, <laughs> but with like Tex-Mex spread. And Brian, this That's is like true. really surprising to you. This is like authentic tacos. This is San Antonio tacos. This is not like the Tolkien like shit tacos. Brian walks over to the table, being like, "Oh my God." white people taco night i'm so excited and he looks at the table and is just like kind of confused is this seasoned yeah what, what's is, going on it, this doesn't look like like ground beef and like <laughs> right <laughs> it's like carne asada and like Ooh, chopped chicken oh. and um, a big old thing of like guacamole and it's like handmade so yeah this is like authentic spicy taco food that you're eating right now brian is looking around um for a taco bell wrapper um, on the tables. <laughs> you see none. He's mildly dejected, and then he, he picks up a piece of carne asada and just kind of like licks the seasoning off the edge of the meat and is like, actually, this is fantastic. This is probably the best <laughs> meal I've ever had in my life. And Brian, Brian just sits down at the table and starts building a plate. I didn't know you were a taco guy, Brian. Are you- I mean, I love tacos. Um, I'm not quite sure what this is, but I love tacos. Anyway, pop. Uh- yeah, P- Puck has now like made himself a big plate as well, and has just like every kind of spicy thing that you could think of, like piled onto the plate, and he's just chowing down. Uh, he goes, oh, "Yeah, so um, what what, uh, what what brings you to the spicy court? Your sister. Which one? Well, all of them, but we were sent by Ariel. Oh yeah, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it? Yeah." Sweetheart? Ah, oh, yeah. so funny. Uh, yeah. Oh, did you come through like her, her little special portal thing? The oven? Yeah. Yeah, that little fun thing I got set up for. Wow, that's you got pretty well in with her. Hey, question. Yeah, what's up? Who's Ronnie? Ronnie. Ronnie. Let me roll a history check for him. Ronnie, Ronnie. Um. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. My uh, my niece, Ronnie. Niece. Yeah. Oh, precocious little kid. Haven't seen her in ages. Brian's got a mouthful of of shredded cheese, and he's like, "So which sister had a kid?" Yeah, yeah. Ronnie was uh, Mab's kid. And and how long has it been since you've seen her? Since I've seen her, gosh. Um, I can't even remember the last time I saw her. But it's been a while, you know. It's been a long, long time. How old was yeah, she yeah. the last time you saw her? Whew, last time I saw her was probably... She's probably 15, 16. Must be fun living in uh, living in a place like this when you're growing up. I mean, there's a lot of excitement going on. You got drakes. We're just romping around. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you like them? They're, uh, killing I mean, you people? You did kill one of them, but... Well, you know, not always, but... Victoria is, like, nursing multiple wounds. All right. I can recognize when a, a prank's gone a little bit far. Here, here. Uh, and he snaps, and you see one of the rabbit people walks up with, like, a little platter, and he gives each of you guys a superior healing potion. Whoa! Oh, all right. Nice. Nice. Fine, how are you feeling after that, by the way? I forgot to I forgot to mention. I'm, I'm doing okay until I just ate that you mouthful of cheese. just and now ate I'm a mouthful of cheese. You just ate a mouthful of cheese, didn't you? <laughs> not doing great. I just realized that. I got overly excited. Um, That's okay. I go over and I cast Lesser Restoration on both of them. 
we've been uh, helping, actually, uh, helping a lot of the different courts solve some of their problems. And, uh, you know, this place seems like it's it's doing just fine. So I'm sure that you guys have been well off and haven't had anything happen recently that you really need help with. So this is kind of just passing through. This is just more or less a, a business call, a checkup. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that. Uh, yeah, I um, yeah, my weapon's been missing. My uh, my sword went missing a few sword. days ago, actually. Your sword. Um, you said wait, wait, wait. You said a couple days ago. A couple days, yeah. A couple days. You see him like squinting and like holding his head and rubbing his eyes. He goes, "Yeah, luckily, uh, I'm still kind of conscious enough to uh to realize what's going on around me. But uh, you know, there are times when I." kind of lose it like when i ugh, he kind of shakes himself and he gets like a bit more of a controlled look on his face and goes like when i tossed you guys into a uh a pit with drakes i'm really really kind of having a hard time keeping control of impulses i haven't really been able to sleep at all sure. the past couple of days but thankfully it's been kind of recent so i'm still sort of in control did you notice uh, the time of day? Any strange individuals? Um, where you well, think it might have gone? Time of day isn't really a thing here. You oh, know, it's kind of oh, eternal uh, sunset. Yeah. True. Didn't really see anyone myself, but uh, I did see citric acid yeah. around the dais. Yep. We started with Titania. She claims she thinks it's Mab, but our data's inconclusive. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. I... I haven't really spoken with Mab much in a long time. Do you remember what happened forever ago that made her shut the door and close her borders? I think I think it was whenever Ronnie left. Ronnie left. At least I stopped seeing Ronnie and pretty soon after that I stopped seeing Mab and I stopped interacting with her and she stopped interacting with anybody. Could I make an insight check to see how far gone his condition is comparatively to Ariel's because Titania was really far gone Ariel Titania was decently was far gone Ariel was weeks it was this weeks is this is days uh, I think what I'd like to try and gauge if possible is how far gone is he and how much time does he have yeah I have something else I can try as well um, I'd like to actually I'm going to ritually cast detect poison and disease and I'm going to try and ascertain the nature of his mental illness okay so we came through ronnie's kitchen that's the in-between between between you and ariel right yeah well i found this plant it was like the only thing in there besides a bunch of dried goods i used it during the battle i'd have no idea what it would do but when i plucked one of the leaves i transported that's some good intuition you have there those are uh those are wild spark leaves kind of a fey plant that can be used to to teleport short distances. Is that something Ronnie may have been working on? I mean, it's possible. If you found that, maybe she was growing that in her kitchen. Does she have a green thumb? Uh, not that I remember. She was more just... Just a good cook. More just a good learner. Hmm. Like to stick her nose into most anything she could get her hands on. Uh, Cecil, what did you roll? For an insight check, I rolled a 19. So after about okay. 10 minutes, I'm going to try and like yeah. come to a conclusion for something. Gotcha. Insight-wise, you can tell that he's definitely like more in control than Ariel or Titania were. Yeah. 
which kind of correlates with what you've been figuring out of like Titania was missing her weapon for months, Ariel for weeks, Puck for a few days. It seems like he's still kind of in control. Uh, and with your detect poison and disease, you sense some of that gray ooze in him, but not as much as you felt in Ariel. Okay. What did Ronnie look like? It's been a really long time. And again, I mean, last I saw her was sure, when she was young. a teenager. I don't know. If anything, do you remember what color hair she had? I, I'm I'm going to tell you, he rolled a four on the dice. Oh, uh, Dang. I really can't. That's okay. Kind of hard to keep my thoughts straight recently. Mab obviously would be able to tell us that. But if we went to request an audience with her, is there a secret way in? Is there a, just a really nice way of saying, hi, can we please meet with you? I know your borders are closed, but <laughs> should we bring like a greeting card or something? Yeah, you know, or like a <laughs> present, a gift? Uh, presents, greeting cards. Um, I appreciate the spunk. But as you say the words secret entrance, he mm. kind of gets a bit of a look on his face. and He goes, I knew you'd know that. Yeah. So as you've learned and as I've said, um, Mab has kind of closed off her borders. There's not really any way to get in unless she somehow lets you, and there's no way to interact with her unless you're in her court. There's a bit of a back door, though. It's not exactly the safest way. Then he snaps his fingers, and this large book appears in his hands. He flips to a page that's like, it's very worn, and it seems to be a very old book. So I don't know how much you know about the history of the cafeteria but originally it was all one court mm -hmm. it was all together like pangea sure nobody knows nobody knows about pangea i'm not quite sure what you're talking about this bitch don't know about pangea <laughs> <laughs> so it was all one court they all were together but unfortunately you know personalities flavors clashed and um that led to us splitting up the courts for the better of everyone. Only thing is, that first court still technically remains. Oh. It's not exactly a court anymore, though. It's a, it's a place we refer to as the Bitter Wastes. Where the one court was, all the leftovers of the warring flavors and factions destroyed the court. But it's still there. You just kind of have to find your way in. Finding your way in. Uh, how, how would one do that? There's a bit of a, a ritual, but it's kind of hard because you, you need something that you can normally only find in the bitter wastes. You need what we refer to as bittering. Uh, it's a substance that can be found in the bitter wastes that is this leftover residue of out-of-control flavors mingling and mixing. And you need to mix that essentially with wasted food, with a, a meal that goes uneaten. And by mixing those two things, you can open a portal to the wastes. Do we remember, did we take any vials or any samples of the gray ooze from either the graham cracker animals or the gummy owlbear? I don't think you did. I don't think we did I don't either. I think so. But 
Cecil did get covered in gummy bear viscera that is probably still on his clothes. And Brian also did hug the graham cracker hippopotamus before it was healed. <laughs> I mean, I can take through my bag, yeah. Yeah, yeah, get your bag out. Yeah, and I'm going to get my herbalism kit out. And I'm going to start using some bits of my woodcarver's tools and thieves' tools. I'm going to start... Um, Put on a set of gloves, like a yeah. like, like a museum <laughs> yeah. director with a Pretty with much. a new piece. Brian, are you okay if I cut a hole in your shirt? Um, yeah, but not my hoodie. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it as like a little swatch, and I'm gonna try and extract oh. some of the ooze. Yeah, I think I think I got caught in my t-shirt's collar. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can try and uh, well, first off, um, puck we uh. We're just kind of out here in the middle of nowhere. Do we, um, first off, I want to thank you for, uh, your hospitality in feeding us. Yeah. I mean, it was the least I could do after kind of losing myself. Yeah. It really but was. Yeah. 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 I have, I have a few tests that I'd like to run. Is there somewhere that we can go that's a little bit more private? Help us help you, man. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And he beckons you over to one of the sides of the arena and snaps his fingers and then tent flap rolls up and uh you see a little comfortable room with uh some tables and a few tools here and there and some some chairs to sit in uh and he follows you guys in and the tent flap rolls back down behind you guys we probably wouldn't be disturbed in here um victoria takes off her white leather jacket and she unzips the pockets and she goes there's likely some graves still in those corners (laughs) See if you can swatch this too. All right. Just the pockets. Just D- just the pockets. Like the inside don't, lining. Like the inside. Don't cut the leather. Yeah. Brian rolls his eyes. <laughs> I roll my eyes back at Brian. Brian rolls his eyes harder. <laughs> gonna watch this like mini ping pong match, and then I'm gonna take my swatches, and I want to go. Um, I'm gonna go find a, a a table, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out all my tools. Um, hey guys, y'all have taken like chemistry, right? Y'all have taken chemistry. Yeah. I got an A. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't so great at science, but um, I can try and help. Brian, you said you got an A. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I have a C minus. <laughs> I can tutor you if you want. Really? Do we have to cover this right now? Can we just... Okay, continue. Um. Okay, and I'm going to take out my herbalism kit, and with Brian's help, I'm going to try and extract some residual ooze from these swatches. Yep. Roll me a, uh, a check with your kit. 19. All right. With Brian's help, you're able to scoop a little bit out and kind of scrape some off of the swatch of Brian's shirt and you deposit it into a little vial. As you do, it kind of pops like and bubbles <laughs> at the bottom of the vial and Puck takes a look at it and he goes, holy shit. Yeah, that's um, that's some bittering right there. And then I'm going to take, I have a bag of corn. That's corn. That's not a meal. <laughs> you do. Well, it could be cornmeal. It could be. Now, he already used his cornmeal. We've established this. I did. I also have a bottle of cheese. I've also got, like, an old stale bagel from that first bar that we ate at with the continental breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw that in. Why did you keep that? Can we get, like, a big bowl? Okay, just so you know, as soon as you mix this, if it works, it's going to open a portal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Immediately I mean, go someplace. Yeah. I'm keeping these separate for right now. I will say with the time that you guys have spent eating this meal and everything, you guys can take a short rest. Nice. Nice. 
uh, yeah, I'm going to take out of my mess kit, I'm going to take out um, a bowl, and I'm going to keep these separated, and I'm going to start kind of like mixing the food as much as I can, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to create this kind of nasty, like awful um, type <laughs> you, food. You do what every group of elementary school boys do at lunch. And mm-hmm. just mix every kind of slop together to oh, just yeah. make this disgusting bowl of uh, unintelligible, unrecognizable meal. It's a mushki mushki. Sure. Is that a thing? It's Whatever the, the fuck that is. What? Mushki no. mushki. Just, no, it just sounds like what a kid would call it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like pulling something from like your own experience. Such confidence. It's what my sister calls it. My grandpappy used to make mushki mushki. Mushki yeah. mushki. That's yeah. so cute. So as you guys are rolling for this, I'm, I'm going to say Puck is kind of explaining a bit more of the, the bitter wastes. I'm going to warn you, it's a bit of a weird place. Um, it's kind of, you know, tinged with uh, depression and failure because that was... You know, it was kind of the failure of the uh, the, the cafeteria, the first go-around. Uh, so it's not the best place. Also, distance is kind of a weird thing. I will say, while you're there, keep an eye out for anything green. If you see some kind of green portal, a green door, something like that, that's probably going to be your in into the sour court. Oh, okay. Okay. The sour court... I don't know, what should we expect with the Sour Court? It's kind of a subterranean kingdom, uh, kind of a mountainous region, but most anybody there lives in the caves because outside in the mountains, it's uh, snowing citric acid all the time, and it's pretty nasty to people. How present or prevalent is that citric acid inside? Inside, it's, it's not, but again... That's why most of the residents of the Sour Court live inside of the subterranean cave systems, because outside it's not going to be very helpful. Have you heard anything along the lines of a hag from the Sour Court? I'm sure there are multiple hags in the Sour Court. Good. Would be my guess. I mean... No, that's great. There's nasty stuff all over all the courts. Sure. Oh, oh, okay. Well... If it's snowing citric acid and and the sour court, I'm sure teleporting to and from leaves some sort of residue. I mean, you open a portal, something can. Why would it be? It ha- can't be mapped. She rules the kingdom. She would be in her throne room. I would assume most of the time. So it has to be someone on the outside. Uh, three guesses who ran away and impacted everything. Yeah. 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 Not that we suspect. I 100% suspect. Sorry, Puck. I don't. I don't mean to. Yeah, we're not trying to make assumptions. It's not an assumption. It's based on some. It's based on some yeah, evidence sure. and history and insight. As that's well literally as... what an assumption is. All right, fine. It's an assumption. Okay. Okay. That, just just making sure. Again, I don't know what's happened with Ronnie since I last saw her. I mean, but I also don't know. Is Ronnie her full name? I cannot remember. It's not Veronica. You see that it is like hurting him to try and recollect these things. All right. Can uh, I? Can I try something? She goes, "Hey, Puck. If I asked you about Ronnie again, I know memory's kind of fuzzy right now, but could I try maybe just delving a little deeper?" Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, if you think it's worth a shot, can I assist with this and cast lesser restoration on him? Sure. Okay. She's going to cast Detect Thoughts. 
I'm going to cast command. Whoa, we're comboing all of this. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and say focus. Oh, okay. <gasps> also, I rolled for uh, wild magic and I'm fine as a 10. Cool. So does he automatically fail it if he's willing? I'm going to say the bittering in him tries to fight back. Okay. But I'll say with the lesser restoration and the command, he will make the save at disadvantage. Okay, so it's a 14 wisdom. A 14. Okay. I'm going to say in this case, he doesn't have his like full bonus because it's very high, but I'm going to say he has a plus three bonus, but he'll roll at disadvantage. That's a 15. And that's a seven. Yes. So okay. he fails okay. the detect thought save. If it fails, you gain insight into reasoning, emotional state, something that looms large in its mind such as something it worries over, loves, or hates. So we're focusing all of this on Ronnie. Okay. You see images of the three rulers of the courts and a fourth woman there that you can assume to probably be Mab sitting around a table and sharing a meal. And you see a young woman come in, like 13 years old, and like brings in the food and is like very excited to present stuff. You see each of them take a bite of the food and like kind of nod and then you see the other woman that you don't recognize kind of have a bit of a look of disappointment almost. And then you picture another memory and you see Puck playing with this young girl. They're like out in the desert and they're like digging for treasure. <laughs> like this is what at a much younger age. She's like six yeah. years old. And you see that like Puck has buried little trinkets and, and toys uh, out in the desert. And they're like very obvious signs of like <laughs> things that have been dug at. And she immediately like goes and tries to dig those things up. And you see a flash to another memory. The girl is maybe 10 years old at this point, And you see her in the kitchen that you were in. And she's cooking for Ariel and Puck. Uh, and she has like a multitude of like recipe books all spread out and she's like mixing and concocting things as she cooks for them. And then you see that that same woman that you assume to be Mab come in. She says, no, we like we have things to do and kind of pulls her away from the meal. And you see that memory fade away. And you see one last memory of Puck seated on an outcropping of rock and you see this girl probably 16 years old beside him and she says I I don't know uncle I just I just feel like there's I feel like there's more out there for me you know than just stuck here I feel like there's more out there to discover and Puck pats her on the back and she says well kid I know if there is I'm sure you'll discover it and she gives him a little playful punch on the shoulder and they give each other a hug and you are pulled back out of these memories and back into the room. What color was her hair? It was red. <sighs> Victoria starts crying as she like reaches out and holds Puck's hands. Thank you for letting us do that. That's going to to change so much. And I hope, beyond hope, that it helps. I hope so, too. I look at Brian and Cecil. 
Well, things just got interesting. And with that, class is dismissed. No! I'm so mad that Brian couldn't see that. (laughs) My heart is racing. That's so good. Hall and Dragons is Andy Dinehart as Victoria Hightower, Daniel Grisco as Brian Tolkien, Brandon Lindsay as Cecil McNamara, and myself, Riley Wesson, as your DM. Thanks so much for listening to this session of D Hall and Dragons. If you enjoyed it, we would love to see a five-star review from you, and as always, we would love it even more if you would share it with a friend. Our theme music is Sonic Pogo by Vanja Japan. Other music can be found in the episode description. And our artwork is, as always, done by the incredibly talented Carlina Alvarez. A link to her stuff is in the description as well. Also want to give a shout out to the Fantastic Emporium for the homebrew item of the Wild Spark Leaves. You can find them on Instagram at the Fantastic Emporium. You can also support them on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Fantastic Emporium. They've got all kinds of fun homebrew stuff that can fit in really any campaign setting. Until next time... If you're finding yourself kind of burnt out on something you're usually really passionate about, don't be afraid to step away from it for a while. It'll be there when you're ready. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next session. Could I go for another natural 20? If I do, I'm not going to touch it, and Andy's going to come in here and confirm. (laughs) If I do... Okay, no, that was close. Are you admitting to our audience that you guys live together? That's really dangerous. (laughs) Wow. Uh, uh, Oh, wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) Scandalous.